welcome to Beyond the Capital from Supertech. This year, the Commonwealth Games are coming to Birmingham. So to celebrate, we're doing our own baton relay. We're making virtual visits to as many of the Commonwealth countries as we can and exploring their startup and scale-up scenes. And we're hearing from West Midlands-based businesses with Commonwealth connections. Beyond the Capital is the podcast series that explores the professional services tech scene outside of London. I'm Hilary Smith-Allen. In this episode, we're finding out how tech talent from Commonwealth countries can come and work in the UK under the Global Talent Visa Scheme. I spoke to Josh Winfield, the Global Talent Visa Lead for Tech Nation. Hi, Josh. Thanks for joining me today. No problem at all. Could you start by introducing what you actually do in the day job, please? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how long is this podcast, right? It's pretty... No, <laughs> So my job title is Global Talent Visa Lead. Well, essentially, Tech Nation exists as um, as a great many things, actually, as a tech accelerator, as a, uh, an organization that exists through various programs, uh, commissioned insights reporting and other initiatives to advance the, the UK tech sector. And one area of that is that the UK government asks Tech Nation to endorse applications for the Global Talent Visa. Uh, this is an immigration route for supremely talented tech professionals from across the world uh, that want to base themselves here. Uh, and effectively, my role is to handle the customer journey and application process from end to end, um, the marketing and promotion of that, and indeed, uh, the biannual uh, updates to immigration law in respect of tech talent. So just a small, small role that keeps me fairly busy. <laughs> and Already, I want to ask you about that word you emphasise, supreme talent. <laughs> Go on, how, how are you really defining that? And, and, and I can understand the logic immediately, but does it create deselection of people or how does this work in reality? Yeah, absolutely. So there are so many um, visa and immigration routes, far more than people tend to appreciate. You know, there are certainly very common ones. The the most common visa route for, for work is the tier two skilled worker visa, uh, which is a phenomenal visa and brings in a huge amount of talent to, to the UK every year. But then to cater for, for various different areas, there are a number of other visa routes uh, as well. And the global talent visa is designed to facilitate the flow through of exceptionally talented people um, across a various, you know, a subsection of various industries. So for instance, digital technology, arts, media and culture, science, scientific research, rather, uh, medicine. And the intention is to, to create an exceptionally flexible visa that attracts this talent. The UK wants to be, amongst many things, a tech superpower. And the only way that we can do that is to blend the phenomenal homegrown talent that we have with the undeniably phenomenal skills from across the world, as along with their uh, cultural differences and, and behavioural differences that really contribute to the melting pot of talent that the UK needs to be a tech superpower. And so the Global Talent Visa is designed to allow that type of individual to come through. So naturally, yes, it isn't for everybody, but it doesn't mean that anybody of a, of a lower level of talent is excluded or anything like that. It's simply, this is a route that provides an unparalleled level of flexibility to the individual in return for their exceptional skills. That's interesting. So it's, in, it's individual-led then, I'm hearing. Absolutely. And when you say tech talent, are we talking just coders? No, absolutely not. So quite literally anybody working 
in a professional function within a tech business. So naturally, yes, we have coders and, uh, you know, developers, engineers at, at the coalface in those, you know, quote unquote, traditional tech roles. But, you know, you could be working in a marketing function, ops, C-suite, in, a, in any kind of process within the business. Admittedly, just on the basis of our, uh, the current crop of visa holders at a, at a mid to mid senior and even senior level. Um, but yeah, anybody working across the tech sector could potentially qualify for the global talent visa. So moving away from the logistics of the actual visa, I presume this gives you quite a good insight into the tech talent landscape, yeah. both within the UK and globally. So you know, taking the first one, how, how does, the, well, what do you see in in this particular picture? It's, do you know what? It's really interesting because, as you might imagine, the, the tech sector moves at a million miles an hour. And so at various different points on the basis of the priorities of the role, um, obviously we have that biannual update to, to criteria. And so naturally in the two months Prior to those deadlines, we ramp up the research and in depth. And then at other times, we're focusing on promotion. And the ebbs and flows are quite um, quite dramatic and, and very, very rapid. But what we, we tend to see at the moment is a huge development in interest in anybody from a Web3 background, cybersecurity, AI. Uh, those areas seem to be exceptionally trendy, both from a UK hiring perspective and mirrored by the talent that is interested in relocating. So it's quite interesting how both of those sides find each other without any matchmaking, to be honest with you. And then suddenly, not that I suspect it will, but AI might fall off a cliff and be replaced by fintech experts, you know, just as quickly. And then, you know, things revert and so on. So it's a very changeable landscape. But at the moment, certainly Web3, cybersecurity and AI are absolutely through the roof, both from a demand and a supply perspective, which is which is good news. Wow, that's interesting. So are there any real hot spots for tech talent and or maybe even black spots around the world where we're, where we're building those connectivities and seeing particularly interested in the UK? Yeah, so not many black spots, to be honest with you. What's quite interesting is when you look at the UK's position in the UK, in the, in the tech world, the international tech world, it shouldn't really be where it is. You know, this small island in the North Atlantic is third in most conceivable metrics in terms of tech development, levels of investment, and so on and so on. And so talent wants to, to relocate here. It's quite interesting. And so particularly hotspots, we have a huge amount of interest and a huge amount of talent that has relocated on the global talent visa from uh, India, for instance. We have a huge amount of talent that has relocated from Nigeria. Um, and increasingly in the last two to three years, the United States, Canada, Australia, and so on. And obviously since COVID restrictions in those respective places have lifted even more interest has come through. But we have a phenomenal amount of talent, founder and employee that's relocated, uh, particularly from Nigeria and India over the past couple of years, which is, it's wonderful to see, to, to be honest with you. And we're seeing within that a huge amount of female tech talent that perhaps hasn't had the opportunities historically, now coming to the UK, making strides, making waves and we have an alumni network as well within Tech Nation. So we, we try and keep our, our visa holders close and, and support them in the UK. And there is nothing more rewarding than seeing particularly these uh, female visa holders that have relocated to the UK. They've gone into a C-suite role or a leadership role and, and they're just bossing it. And it's, yeah, there, there's few better things to, to see, to be honest with you. And are the motivation similar or is it a broad church? It's really broad. So we we have, you know, on the one hand, we have 
individuals that have simply been offered a job. So as, as you probably know, you know, there's Google have an exceptionally strong presence in the US and Singapore in the UK and so on. And so site relocation can be a thing. You know, we have a lot of people that are sometimes based in Singapore, you know, a VP at Google uh, of, of analytics or something that suddenly that role's based in London. So they're relocating. So we have quite a few people relocating simply for a position. But then on the other hand, we we have individuals relocating to build a better life for themselves, for their family. And at the very extreme end of the scale, rather unfortunately, as we're experiencing at the moment, you you have people relocating because they're fleeing a war zone Mm. or oppression of, of some kind, you know, and that's true particularly of Ukraine at this moment in time, but has happened historically from, from countries all over the world where there's, there's been an oppressive regime or, or conflict or something. So it fulfills a huge amount of purposes from the practical to the humble, to be honest with you. Wow. We might come back to the Ukrainian point in a bit, but you mentioned COVID there. And given that place has been fundamentally challenged and you're no longer having the work-life balance because you're living at work, <laughs> uh, have you seen that change the interest in the visa or, you know, as we come out of it? I don't know about you, but my life feels like entirely like it did exactly the same two years ago. So what are you seeing there? You'd think particularly, you know, me being an individual that really changed roles uh, within the pandemic and so many individuals doing the same uh, in the UK, you wouldn't necessarily expect that with borders closed, with no flights happening, that there would be a, an international demand. And so it was surprising to us initially that 2020 was a record-breaking year for applications. Wow. Immediately beaten by 2021. Really? Uh, And so we have had our two biggest years in terms of applicant numbers and indeed endorsed numbers, therefore. And so when we, we took a step back and we were thinking, well, how and why? And you think about it for a moment and what COVID did, you know, you have to find some positives in COVID because it was such a desperate situation for so many, you know. So I'm a big believer in looking for positives. And one of the things is that people had time, albeit a little, you know, briefly for some, longer for others, depending on furlough and whatever was happening. People had time to take a step back and reflect, what do I want from my career? What do I want from my life? And and am I getting that at the moment? And so that reflective piece was absolutely um with the the uk has has seen a byproduct of that because people have gone actually do you know what i do want to take this opportunity to relocate or i do want to you know look for opportunities elsewhere and so on and because of you know alongside um covid the uk has had two record-breaking years of investment into tech you know we've got 115 16 tech unicorns in the uk now across most regions in respect of where you're considering going, you can do a lot worse than the UK. And, and so as a, as a country, we've benefited um, uh, as a result of that. And, and tech businesses continue to flourish as a result. Wow, it's just something you'd never expect, would you, when no, you're all based no. in remote working? It doesn't necessarily compute, you know. Um, and obviously, there's been a, some exceptions to that. Obviously, Australia has been very heavily locked down and, and fortified until this year, in fact. And so, um, not surprisingly, as soon as those restrictions lifted, We've had a surge in Australian applicants and similar happened in October of last year when the US travel corridor opened and so on. But there have always been pockets of activity, you know, to, to use a term I used a couple of answers ago. You know, there's been peaks and troughs in terms of interest and so on. But yeah, broadly, interest in the UK, interest in working in UK tech is is trending up and really doesn't show any signs of of, of going down for a while. And is that interest distributed in terms of where they land into the UK? They obviously, Beyond the Capital is very interested in the regions and and spreading that in a kind of leveling up 
Absolutely. I think naturally the, the global talent visa has existed under various guises, previously the highly skilled migrant program, then the exceptional talent visa, now the global talent visa. And if you take all of those programs into account, there's been this sort of immigration option for about nine years now. And when you look at all of the data across those nine years, about 50% is based in London, as is perhaps not surprising, but 50% and indeed more so than ever now, any new applicants, it's not like they're making a beeline for London. Of course, many are, but others are, you know, we're seeing a huge surge in the Midlands. We're seeing a huge surge in the Northwest, um, somewhere that you might not necessarily predict is Northern Ireland. But because of the unique geopolitical situation it finds itself in, you can have the best of both worlds there in UK and Irish tech ecosystems. And so particularly, not surprisingly, North American firms, if they are considering expansion into the UK, they're expanding to Belfast rather than London, which, you know, go back two, three, four years, that would never have happened. And it is. And so, yes, across the board, there isn't a region that isn't having increased interest from relocating talent. You know, we've just um, relocated quite a few senior individuals that are working for Meta, you know, Facebook and, and so on. Um, and they're all being based in Manchester. Manchester is developing a massive AI hub. And so there's a lot of AI talent that is landing in the UK and immediately heading north. And, and equally, we're seeing a lot of individuals that are working in fintech, that are working in edtech as well, basing themselves in the Midlands. And of course, Leamington being such a gaming capital, there's a huge amount of gaming talent that is coming to the UK, heading straight up the M40 and basing itself in Leamington, Coventry and so on. So yes, regional dispersion is, is absolutely on the increase. Fantastic. If we could just return to the, the thing you touched on there about Ukraine and the difficulties there, we understand from our business community that towing the line between being supportive as a business and, and having that corporate responsibility, but not trying to benefit from what is frankly a, a horrendous situation. Have you got any advice or tips that you might be able to give to listeners thinking about that, other organisations to engage with, to, to, to help? Yeah, of course. And, you know, it's such a difficult situation. You're absolutely right in what you say. You know, you don't want to be you know, seen to be helping just to be seen to be helping. You know, you, you want to do something that's meaningful. Certainly from, from our perspective, in terms of helping talent to, to relocate, first and foremost, we have obviously supported any Ukrainian tech talent that has been willing and able to leave um, the country. Obviously, men aged 18 to 60 haven't been. Ukraine being um, an exceptional tech hub, it, it was still about three to one in terms of male to female tech employees. And so a huge portion of the individuals we may have been able to support were, were naturally caught in that, that conscription element. But nevertheless, any nationality that was willing and able to leave Ukraine, we've sort of prioritised those applications. We've been able to return decisions in a day in, in a lot of cases and so on, which just gives people that, that flexibility a little bit. We've also supported a huge amount of Russian and Belarusian talent that was employed by UK uh, tech firms to, that now couldn't be paid due to SWIFT sanctions, you know, to, 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 to get out, you know, that were never supportive of, of the regime that's doing these terrible things. And so we've had, we've had a, the ability to have a huge amount of support across the board. And the, the interest in the UK from UK tech companies around what can we do? How can we help? When can we help? That's been enormous as well. But what I think a lot of people need to, to do is really ask themselves, what are you expecting from your intervention? What are you actually hoping to achieve? Yes, undoubtedly, there is an incredible level of tech talent and accomplishment in, in Ukraine. But what the Ukrainian resistance has shown, if nothing else, is that these are a proud, proud people. These are individuals that will fight literally to the death for their country. Whenever this, this situation has a resolution, these individuals are going to want to go back. 
uh, whether that's temporary and whether they do make the UK home or whether they want to go back to rebuild. First and foremost, any employer that recruits any Ukrainian talent should know that and should be considerate of that. They should also be considerate of the fact that even if you do, you know, quite literally grant them a, an opportunity to, to live and work in the UK and, and rebuild a life, that's not necessarily a chosen path for them. And so even in the short term, with everything going on, they'll be checking news very regularly. They won't necessarily be the most actively engaged. And so if you're expecting, you know, to, to bring in a, a Ukrainian tech professional for them to hit the ground running and be super motivated, you probably need to check yourself from a, 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 re- a reality perspective. They're going to go be going through a huge amount of psychological distress. It's going to take a while to recover and get onboarded. Yes, it's a wonderful and noble thing that you can do. But I would actually challenge any companies based in the Western or indeed anywhere in the country. If you truly want to help the Ukrainian tech sector, invest in Ukraine. You know, use Ukrainian tech talent that's there that hasn't been able to leave because there are so many examples of you know, tech professionals that have been enlisted and conscripted into border guards and, and street patrols and so on, they do their shift, they go home and they work for their tech company again, you know, as, as an outsourced uh, dev or, or whatever it may be. Enlist and use it because you're putting money into Ukraine, then you're supporting the Ukrainian tech sector without necessarily needing to recruit. If you do want to recruit and you're realistic in terms of where that individual is going to be, what their headspace is going to be, great. There are options to do it. It is more straightforward than you think. But basically be informed, I think, is the short answer to my very long, perhaps slightly rambled one. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's, it's not an easy topic to navigate, is it? It's not. No, it's not. Just to bring it to a close returning sort of to the, the broader landscape as we've been discussing today. Any top tips for businesses struggling to find and retain talent um, in the tech space? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, at a very, very high level, make sure that the business vision is communicated as much as possible. We see so many tech companies that are on a rapid growth trajectory that the vision perhaps isn't shared as clearly as it needs to be. The clarity isn't there to, to individuals. And when that clarity isn't there, it can be more difficult to attach value to, to what you're trying to do. And therefore, you know, you may naturally find yourself on Indeed or Read or, you know, wherever you are. And so um, we've seen that that lack of clarity and communication can be a big one. If you are recruiting, be super clear on who you're recruiting for. And please do consider the international and the global talent pool because there is a phenomenal amount of talent that wants to come to the UK, that is willing to come to the UK, that will do a phenomenal job. And I think immigration tends to get tarred with it. It's too hard. It's too costly. There's so many barriers. Yes, there can be, but there also are routes like the global talent visa, and we're not alone, that actually are pretty cost effective, that are fairly straightforward and that allow you to bring that talent in exceptionally quickly as well. So again, be informed, know who you want to hire, make sure that you've got a really clear idea of who that is. Make sure you're considerate of the onboarding needs and be super clear with internal communication, because I think the great resignation has been informed by a lack of clarity across the board for the last two years. Coming from, you know, who can we meet with in a garden? Who can we meet with in a park yeah, and whatever? Right the way down to businesses, communicating a COVID response strategy, future vision, etc. How do we get out of this? That lack of clarity, that lack of communication is the biggest cause of demotivation and procrastination. And for me, that's the single largest contributor to the great resignation. So clarity in in all things. Fabulous. Josh, thank you so much for your time, for sharing your thoughts and insights. It's been a pleasure. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. That was Josh Winfield, the Global Talent Visa Lead for Tech Nation. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe or follow Beyond the Capital on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hilary Smith-Allen. 
Thanks for listening. <laughs>